Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today sofas recliners love seats everything is better in leather discover the new leather collection at ashley where bold meets durable and wait a minute who's been finger painting on the couch again that's okay leather is easy to clean the new leather collection at ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family yes pets too luxury is meant to be livable shop chairs starting at 499.99 and sofas at 599.99 Ashley, for the love of home. Hey guys, my name is Jackie Zabrowski. And my name is Molly Neffel. And we are here to tell you about a little show on the last podcast network called Page Seven. We give you the goings-on and who's-a-what's-its in pop culture and celebrity-dom every week. But let's be real. We mostly talk about sexy celebrity daddies and what we're excited about TV and movie-wise with Marcus and the other hosts of the LPN Network. It's a weekly sleepover without the fake hand makeouts. So please check out Page Seven. It's like side stories. But with ladies. That's absolutely not true. There's no true crime or aliens or serial killers, but it's rife with positivity and fun and celebrities and cats. So come have a smile with us. Check out Page 7 on the Last Podcast Network. I think you might like it. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel, and, you know, this is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat from the road. We've had a great time. Thanks, everyone, who came out to Nashville, Tennessee. That was awesome, and Cincinnati was amazing. Did not have the chili, but I will go back, and I will have the chili then, and now we are in Cleveland, a.k.a. Believeland, Um, and because we are here, I had a chance to run into an old buddy of mine. You might know who he is by name alone. His name is Travis Irvine. Travis, thanks so much for being here. Ben, it's so good to see you. It's again. great to see you too, buddy. Um, so we had a great time last night. We, I mean, by the way, for all those being like, is today's episode going to be the most informational? No, no, no. This today. is from the road. Honestly, what are the biggest news stories of the week? So, and of course, Travis Irvine, we used to be roommates. He ran my campaign. Uh, BK for BK got 1.8%. And we convinced Governor Cuomo to not shut down the L train. So we actually... Ex- exceeded our goals you of keeping the L train um, running. We saved the L train. We saved the L train. We legitimately did. You and the Reform Party. I mean, that was a huge, legendary campaign. Legendary campaign. We got a documentary coming out. Uh, when, when, when will that thing come out? I, I want to beast mode it out, but we shouldn't say when we'll, we'll get it done. Maybe July 4th. Maybe July Maybe 4th. Maybe July, July 4th at 9 a.m. We and don't want to be specific. Let's do 9-11. <laughs> yes, Please. September 11th. So never forget, everybody. <laughs> never forget the BK for BK campaign. And we should crowdsource the the name of the documentary because I have no idea. What if it's called Bigger and I guess Longer? I don't know. Bigger, Longer, and More Cut? I'm not sure. BK for BK, More, Bigger, and Longer, and On Cut. 
BK. There it is. I like if it's cut, though. Everyone's like, oh, I like it uncut. But sometimes you need yeah. to edit stuff. Sometimes you got to cut it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that's Travis Irvine. He also ran as the libertarian for governor right here in the beautiful state of Ohio. Um, and I believe, uh, how, how was that campaign? You got 1.8% as well. I got Ben Kissel numbers. Ben Kissel numbers. 1.8%. Yeah, I love of course. it. But you made an impact and you got your ideas out there. And that's what matters the most because it's the small things. Um, um, that can create big change. Well, so congratulations on putting your name in the ring and saying, you know what? I'm going to do something active for our community. doesn't matter if you win. doesn't matter if you lose. Uh, what matters is you are active, you're out there, and you're spreading your message the best that you can. Absolutely. And you always have an impact, especially when you're, you know, like us, kind of a younger independent type. Absolutely. We're not ready. I mean, there, I completely agree. When it comes to BK for BK, I had 6,000 votes. Yep. I completely agree with the numbers we got. I was like, yeah. I'm a 36-year-old podcaster running to be the president of the fifth largest city in the country right yes 1.8 percent makes sense I, like sense. as soon as i saw those numbers this is what i was telling everyone when i was running like henry was like henry zabrowski from last podcast on the left he was like what if you win i'm like what what no there is no <laughs> chance i am literally running so the l train doesn't shut down yeah right. that was our entire thing was just the l train and of course criminal justice reform um and a series of other things regarding uh regarding the unbelievable amount of government waste that happens in uh, in new york well and I'll never New forget. York City, but it was the L train, and that we 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 did it. Yeah, and of course, uh, the the biggest outcome was we got fifth place in a three way race. <laughs> yes, because the Democrat was double endorsed. <laughs> yeah, double. And the Republican was double endorsed. Yes. So I I did want to beat uh, the conservative party. Yeah, I but know. not quite. Of course, they got Bay Ridge. You did get have- more votes total than Bo Deedle. I did. Got for mayor. For mayor, Bo Deedle. Uh, of course, he's actually in. Uh, the movie that Henry was the B team all star of Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Bo really? Deedle actually makes a cameo in that movie. I had no idea. Yep. And uh, for those that don't know, he used to be the strong man for Rupert Murdoch and uh, Roger Ailes yes. over at Fox News. So literally Bo Deedle's entire thing was he would stalk the women that said, I'm not happy with the way Roger Ailes treated me. And he would make their lives more difficult. I'm just going to say he's a piece of human shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that would be Bo Deedle. Well, so we did get more than him, but he ran for mayor, right. uh, which means, of course, he was up for uh, nine million possible votes. And I think he had to start his own party because he failed to get the Reform Party nomination. That's right. And then so he started his own party. And his big thing, of course, was just calling Bill de Blasio uh, Mayor Big Bird the whole time. <laughs> That's right. And they had to cut his mic in the one debate because he <laughs> wouldn't know, shut up. He was like me last night making fun of this guy for wearing a hat that said cum boy on it, even though he's not an actual cum boy. No, he um, just, it's it just goes hat. on and on. Just, I know. I, okay. we, we're not going to rehash the Conway right. controversy. Um, so anyway, it's, it is great to have you on. And Thank it's you. Great and to welcome see to you. Cleveland. It's, it's awesome. It's we're honestly on the, beautiful. We, we, we are in Travis Morningstar's room. We are on the 28th floor of, I think we're at the Hilton or something. And uh, we have a beautiful view of the city. I'm going to say this. A lot of buildings. A lot of buildings. A lot and a, and of a beautiful buildings. lake. This beautiful. is Beautiful lake. Now, we are in Cleveland. Now, a lot of folks would say, what's so special about Cleveland? And here's a boring fact that I was (laughs) told by Joe, a friend that Travis brought with him uh, here to Travis Morningstar's hotel room, who apparently didn't go to the bathroom at home. Um, He went to the bathroom immediately. (laughs) Uh, when all, he all arrived friends, in a hotel room, a, a random person's hotel room. Right. All my friends are either cum boys or shit guys. Yeah, it's the, it's the cum boys just, and the crap boys. This is Cleveland. What do yeah, you want? The, it's, the, it's the CCs. It's the cum boys or the crap boys. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so that's Cleveland for you. And and now Joe is uh, making a he's he's doing a scratch off. He got a lottery ticket. It's a big Powerball. He won and he nine won, bucks. And he won nine dollars. That's so. fantastic. All right. Not sure if it's a good for radio, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, interestingly enough, what happens here in Cleveland, the lake effect. So you have lake effect snow and only nine percent. This is according to Crap Boy. Only nine percent of the places around um, the world have lake effect snow. That's right. So they You're say not a lot happens here, but. Uh, it it does. Yeah, it's like third party numbers. It's nine yes. percent lake effect is right here in Cleveland. And I will say one of my proudest moments of the entire governor campaign happened right here in Cleveland, where I got in the Cleveland dot com. If debate. we say the word Cleveland one more time, our audience is going to have a, a stroke. Do you know where we are right now? We're in Cleveland. Oh my make god! Make a drinking game. If you're not driving, make how many times <laughs> you've said the word Cleveland. Go back, rewind. And make it a drinking game starting with the beginning. Because I think at this point, you would be nine beers deep. You'd be nine beers deep, nine shots deep. Yeah. Either way, I uh, I sat in on this meeting with Mike DeWine, the Republican. Okay. Rich Corgi, the Democrat, with Cleveland.com. And uh, it was a contentious meeting. And I didn't talk for about 90 minutes. Okay. And then at the very end... They were arguing so much. I said, you guys, you've been arguing this whole time. I think you should just shake each other's hand and congratulate each other for all the great public service you both have done. They begrudgingly shake hands. I turn to the editorial board and I say, now if I can do that, imagine what I can do in the state legislature. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Crowd erupts. Applause. It was the only thing I did right the whole campaign. That's perfect, buddy. Yeah. That is absolutely powerful. So I love perfect. Cleveland. No, but that is, that's great. And that's, of course, why Ohio is so significant. Obviously, we got an election coming up. Not even, we do this shit way, way too long out in advance. Um, but, you know, uh, Ohio is going to be a, a significant player in 2020. Your Always. state matters. You had a fella, and I want to hear your thoughts on this dude, Sherrod Brown. Oh, yeah. Because Sherrod was thinking about running. He was dipping his toe in there. A lot of folks were like, yo, bro, do it. We like you. You're a cool guy. You're the antithesis to Donald uh, Trump in that he is not a total asshole um, and he is a little bit more he's a little bit more reserved a little classier but also wears khakis and yep. looks kind of like a doofus yeah but I like that um, when he said that he was not going to run I believe he's not going to run because Biden got in Bernie is in I think he was like what's the point of putting my family through a living hell that is running because for some reason in American politics to run for president or to run for office, you have to be like, my life is going to be destroyed. I know in other countries you can get murdered, but in some ways you get <laughs> killed here slightly as well. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the total destruction of everything that you hold dear. Um, so why do you think Sherrod Brown decided not to run? Uh, I think you nailed it there. It, it's a crowded race already. Um, he is a very popular senator here. He, and he actually, is. in 2018, he was one of the only statewide Democrat candidates to win. In fact, you got the Mahoning Valley here just south of Cleveland. And it is uh, essentially they voted for the Republican Mike DeWine for governor, but they voted for the Democrat Sherrod Brown for Senate. And that's nice. just Ohio. That's right. you know, It's a swing state. They go with name recognition. Um, and um, yeah, Sherrod Brown was in a very contentious Senate race. There, uh, you talk about bringing up old baggage. He had a divorce back in the eighties before mm. he got into public service, and there was a domestic, uh, a, d a domestic violence uh, uh, 
Clamor. Allegation, okay. essentially. Now, his ex-wife has since come out and said that was just, you know, the nastiest part of the divorce. It's not fully true. These things just kind of happen in court proceedings. And she still, she actually supports him. She holds fundraisers for him when he runs for re-election okay. for Senate. So, um, as ugly as it got, I think Sherrod Brown got a sense that the race is too crowded. Um, he would be a great VP nom. Um, he was one of sure. the final three of Hillary Clinton in 2016. Oh, my. Honestly, yeah. that could have given her the Midwest. The boost because he, like you just said, he is he's a down-to-earth guy. Yep. You know, when he ran for Senate the first time in 2006, he knocked on 10,000 doors. He showed, you know, kind of like AOC. He had a picture right. of his shoes that were just completely worn out. Yeah. He loves this stuff, and he's good at it. And that's why Republicans will be like, you know what, I'm voting for Sherrod Brown. He's right. got Ohio best interest in mind right so he maybe uh you know maybe threw his name out there to kind of get feeling well, it for seems a VP to me nom. like he yeah. wasn't even throwing his name out there now i'm sure that you know he wasn't against the conversations happening necessarily but it seemed like he was being more drafted it seems right. like a lot of people in the Wanted democratic party run. i mean me specifically i would have loved to see uh, brown get in i, I yeah. like the guy yeah i like him quite a bit um so it was more of a desire i think from the people to be like, yo, bro, please do it. And that's what, for me, was an indicator of how good he is as a politician. Yeah. When the people are asking for you to run, yeah. I think that's a good freaking sign. Yeah, that's... But, he, but in this field, I think that he probably did make the right choice. And this might just not be the time to get you know but, drown out by a bunch of people but getting out there and you know he did just do his um his dignity of work uh tour right. for a little bit there i think even just doing that put your name out there enough that whoever wins from this this melee of what 16 people now in the Democrat so far yeah nomination whoever it is that person should pick Sherrod Brown for their VP because I think it's going to be tough. We have a lot of candidates out there. The male candidates are like, I will pick a female, which I think is a little bit like, okay, that's great. I have no problem with that, but just pick the female. Then just sure. pick them. If you're going to choose, uh, you know, Kamala Harris or, uh, or I like Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know what happened to Tulsi. She announced and then she like went away. Well, cause and I'm she like, was you're, the first. You're yeah. supposed to announce and then you like and not go up. away. Right. Right. Uh, but that's sort of what happened with her so we'll see if there is room on the bottom of a ticket for someone like a sherrod brown i also don't know if you would want to not be a senator to be a vp um but we will, you never know if you win you know and i think again he gauges that maybe there was something he just he didn't like about the clinton campaign in 2016 but in well theory, they just went i mean tim kane was one of the worst vp choices of all time uh, but he spoke we, spanish ben kind he was of so spicy kind of spoke spanish and yeah. also white the, guy spanish the most boring human being on the face of the planet i could he he lost Why that debate what? to pence which blew my mind well pence is a when it comes to politics, yeah. a robotic genius. Yeah. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to politics. Calculating. He is very calculating. And every Friday, as we know, he cuts loose with a non-alcoholic beer and a slice of pizza. And he hangs out with his wife uh, in his totally normal relationship. And he drinks his non-alcoholic beer and he eats his pizza. And his wife told the American people that story to humanize him. Ugh. And that's the most... <laughs> R robotic like i am not from earth 
story of humanization I have ever heard in my entire life. Ugh. Um, so the fact that he was that he lost to that man, yeah, uh, we're not relitigating 2016. But ever. Sherrod Brown would have won that. Debate. Sherrod Brown. Sherrod Brown. Well, he has like, it in his heart, and that's why he's got I lo- his voice. He sounds like Tom Waits. And oh, I love fun. Tom Waits. Yeah, and that's why I think Elizabeth Warren is actually going to do better than a lot of people think right now. She's mm-hmm. pulling around 10 percent, but once the thing starts going, I'm telling you, I don't know if this means anything. And I don't even like saying this word. I don't like to say the next sentence I'm about to say. Oh, boy. But this is going to be uh-huh. the Instagram election. Oh. As 2016 was for Twitter. I think that's fair. This is going to be Instagram because she is doing a good job on that platform showing herself meeting the folks. She's She knows her message. She is more exciting to me than Bernie Sanders. Right. She has a similar message, but minus the uh, I haven't crapped in 40 years <laughs> sort of vibe that Bernie Sanders gives me. He should come to Cleveland. They crap right away here. All the time, immediately, yeah. as soon as they get to a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. um, and apparently they're also convoys. I don't know where we are. <laughs> But Elizabeth Warren, I think she is making some headway. And again, I think that's perhaps why Sherrod Brown said, the, my voice is being covered. Yes, right. What they stand for What is, I stand for is being covered. Because he's very progressive. Very progressive record. He is, very but he's pro also, union. He, Pro-union, which we need to get back. I am not like Mr. Like, oh, the unions are all great. No, unions can be exceptionally corrupt. But as we've seen in Wisconsin with what Scott Walker did, that piece of human Crip once again <laughs> to use that phrase uh, when you bust up the teachers unions when you bust up uh, the public sector unions yes. now private sector unions are a whole other thing right. but the public unions when it comes to teachers rights when it comes to teachers equal pay uh, when it comes to teachers not having to buy their own freaking pencils for the students right. unions are exceptionally beneficial and so when it comes to those types of unions, I am 100% in favor of them. When it comes to breaking up what Amazon has done, we were talking about this in the car, uh, Marcus, Henry, Travis, and uh, and our manager Ken is with us this week as well. But when it comes to uh, Elizabeth Warren and her talking about and Sherrod Brown is the same idea. When it comes to breaking up Amazon, Amazon, we have to remember, it was just a freaking book retailer. Yeah. It was books. And then what happened? It destroyed Barnes and Noble. It destroyed mom and pop bookshops. It destroyed the entire book industry. And then it moved into toilet paper. And then it moved into, <laughs> I, I don't know, when you got to get a, a colostomy bags. Yeah. You can get everything from Amazon. Right. It needs to be broken up. It needs to be done away with. Jeff Bezos is... I don't want to, you know me, I try to love, I try to have the love in my heart. Unless I see a person wearing a hat that says, come boy, and then evidently I make fun of him for 90 minutes and then I feel bad in the morning. It was like two hours. It was like two hours. But anyway, Jeff Bezos truly is not making the world better. And I know that it's great to get your stuff in, you know, three, whatever, three hours when, when when you need it, whatever you get from Amazon. But Amazon has destroyed small businesses in this country and... Those are some of the messages when it comes to Facebook and, uh, you know, all these huge, huge corporations that have far, far too much power. There just needs to be someone saying the free market. I'm a total capitalist. Everyone knows that. But when it comes to the free market, uh, we also have to have a fair playing field. And Amazon 
under the guise of free market has destroyed the entire market right. under the guise of like, well, we better let them do it because it's the free market. It's like, no, at this point, they have sucked up so much of our economy and they're not. It's not like it's going back to the people. Right. There is none of this stuff. Trickle down economics only works if there are small businesses to trickle down those economics. Right. It does not work with I was, we was talking to the manager, Ken, about this yesterday. It the trickle down economics does not work if there are no places for that money to trickle down right. so when you have these huge corporations controlling everything the money just fucking sits there truly just sits there with no there's there's just no place for it to go right that's why you need small businesses so that's why i think amazon has to go and don't forget amazon was playing games with cities all across the country oh my god they were hq2 yeah ultimately picking the long island city and then not right? well this is this is one of the things so when it comes to amazon and long island city now there are a lot of people who are like why would we why for example, Ken, going back to the conversations I was having with him, he's pro Amazon coming to LIC. He's like, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, in there, theory, it sounds all right. There were two things that happened. First of all, what happened in New York, not to get too inside baseball with New York City, but it's it's a national story, I suppose. The politicians did not tell anyone it was happening. They literally, we read it in the paper that it was a done deal. And we're like, shouldn't this be something that you talk with us about? <laughs> you know, the folks who voted for you, shouldn't this be like, oh, we're going to completely change the economy of one-fifth of the city we're going to completely change the economy of a full borough yeah. Just, yeah, we're just going to do that so that was ridiculous um and of course what would happen amazon hq rolls in yes there would be some job creation but that job creation would not offset the amount of displacement that would have happened when it comes to people who live in those areas, the trickle down effect, the gentrification that would have occurred, it would spread out like a nuclear bomb. It would just spread out throughout the entire borough, pushing the poor further and further out, middle class further and further out. The wealthy would be able to get their little freaking beautiful, beautiful places very near so they can just walk to work and have. And that's great. Whatever. Um, but that's what would have happened. It would have destroyed so much of the small businesses like Amazon does. I don't see them. They're not a job. Job creator automation is basically the uh, the way that they're going when it comes to getting um, the products out and all those kinds of things. They're going with automation. They're they pay their employees like trash. I just don't think there's anything good to come from them anyway. So that's number one. Number two, I think Jeff Bezos realized if he comes to New York City. His name is in the papers every single day. They're going to talk about his penis because they already freaking did. With they the, did that. Not that I want to think about that bald, weird, super villain's penis. I mean, but they've he, already talked about it. He looks like his own penis. He looks like a penis. Yeah, he does. So I think he realized if I roll over to NYC every day, my life is going to be a living hell. So why would I even go here? Thirdly, I, I, I said there was only two, but now I have a third one. That's all right. We're in believe land. And I believe that I have a third one. Uh, go to a place, if you're Amazon, go to a place that isn't done developing yet. Just go to Gary, I say Gary, Indiana, just because it was the saddest place I ever drove through. But go to a place like that and just make your world. You can save this country. You can save a portion of this country. Go to those places and help them out. Well, and that's what they were doing when they were doing that big nationwide search for where do we put our HQ2. Columbus, Ohio, my hometown, was uh, in the running. They were picking cities in Tennessee. And yeah, they were picking developing cities. And then they settled for New York and D.C. It's developed. <laughs> it's, like, it's developed. Well, uh, it's good. We're small, fine. 
burgeoning uh, cities of D.C. and New York. It I was mean, ridiculous. So I'm, I'm actually happy that Amazon uh, did not come. So I think there are a lot of good conversations happening right now when it comes to this election. And I think going back to Sherrod Brown, um, his, his ideas are being represented fairly well in the voice and the ideas of Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and, and several other Democrats. And, you know, just, just to kind of bring it full circle, you know, the, the Amazon point's a, a great point just about, you know, international corporations who come in. We're in Cleveland right now. and, and we've Again, got, take uh, another drink. Take another drink, especially if you're driving. No, not and, if you're driving. Um, uh, we got Lordstown here, of course. The GM plant in Lordstown has been a big controversy. Sherrod Brown owns the first Chevy Volt made from that plant when okay. they reopened it and revitalized it after the bailouts of 20, uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now we're dealing with it again. And that's just the power that these corporations hold. They can move to a city and they can make or break it. And that's right. what happened with GM. And then it, it came back again. And now it went away again. And now... Trump's like, you know, trying to save it because now the pressure's on. And Cleveland's just a great example of what happens when a, a you know, a, a good company, right. in theory, comes here, everyone gets jobs, but then what happens after, you know, a few decades of letting the good times roll? You know, if they aren't truly invested in the community, they will leave. They will pick up and leave. Absolutely. They absolutely will. So that's why we need a fine, a fine balance of both free market capital. But the whole, again, I don't want to harp too much on this, but the whole term free market has been co-opted by these huge corporate conglomerates that are actually anti-free market. You go back to the Telecommunications Act of 96. What happened with radio? We were driving, again, believe it or not, folks, I'm going to say the word we're driving again, but dri <laughs> just driving across this great country of ours from, from Charlotte, North Carolina for Holden McNeely's wedding. Uh, yes, Holden McNeely did get married and, and the woman was sober when it happened. She did make the decision <laughs> not under duress which is incredible um from from charlotte to nashville to cincy now again take a drink to cleveland we have been trying to listen to the radio the radio radio is dead because of clear channel right the, under the guise of this is the free market right. and it's not that is clear channel destroying radio right uh and now it's Eight DJs, all from Florida, all who apparently have asthma. I don't know what's wrong with them. They cannot talk. They are ridiculously, ridiculously bad at their jobs. And that's what happens uh, when, you, when you destroy, when you actually destroy markets, individual markets, radio markets, TV markets, newspaper markets, under the guise of free market. Absolutely. I mean, the local newspaper industry here in Ohio has been uh, devastated. And I remember driving, I used to drive around America, and it, the fun thing is you put on AM and you just hit the scan button until you find something. Yeah, and then you're listening to like an alien from out of space, I would which be, is cool. I would be jamming out to uh, to church music and not realize it until it's like, oh, that's a Jesus song. That's a Jesus I, message. I'm going to hit the scan again. Thank you. Well, that's good. If it was good enough for you to get to the end, yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Not bad. Hey there, this episode is brought to you by Indochino. You guys know I love my suits, but so many off-the-rack suits don't fit properly or are uncomfortable. When you're wearing a suit that fits you properly, you not only feel better, you look better. Whether you're wearing a suit to a business meeting or to a wedding, every man feels his best and most confident when he puts on a suit. That's why I'm so excited about partnering with Indochino. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for unparalleled fit and comfort. 
Guys love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and colors to choose from, not to mention the option to personalize the details including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram. Who doesn't want to write their own monogram? I want to. Here's how it works. Visit a stylist at a showroom and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. Choose your fabric both inside and out. Choose your design customizations, submit your measurements with your choices, and relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. Now, you guys know that I struggle sometimes finding suits due to my height, not my weight, due to my height, okay? But no matter who you are, off-the-rack suits so often don't fit right from sleeves that are too long or too short to shoulder pads that are too big or ugly. I loved what I got from Indochino and getting measured in a showroom was quick and easy. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $359 at Indochino.com when entering Top Hat at checkout. That is 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit plus Shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code TOPAT for any premium suit for just $359 and free shipping. Incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. So you ran so you ran with the Libertarian Party this past this past cycle. Talk a little bit about that experience. And I know it was obviously, again, a, a diff, it's it's more than an uphill battle. There is basically no hill. There's not like it's like, okay, we're just gonna do this and get the message out. What was your platform? What was your main focus? And how was that experience overall? How what was your gauge of the uh, of the folks out here? Well, the Ohio electorate, again, uh, we are a swing state, so we know those independent-minded voters are out there. Right. And again, I was running against two very unpopular candidates, Mike DeWine, who's a career politician, and uh, Rich Cordray, who was uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, head of that, appointed okay. by Obama. He quit the job to come back here and run for governor, um, but he was just too stiff. You know, you got to have a, a like a Sherrod Brown or a Ted Strickland type right. to really run as a Democrat here. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of harped on the same issues we did for BK for BK. Um, we have a, a an awful opioid crisis here in Ohio, the second worst in the country next to West Virginia. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, 4,000 some folks died here in 2017, so more than 9-11. Wow, um, And Horrible. so, you know, we have, it's it's an emergency. And I just did what we talked about in Brooklyn, which was legalizing marijuana. We right. actually are supposed to have medical marijuana. The the program has been botched by the bureau, bureaucrats in the state house, And so we are just now starting to roll out our dispensaries. They're all supposed to open a year ago. Well, what's going on with that? Because I know Ohio is a state, uh, not, not maybe not the second state behind uh, Colorado, but I know it was it was close to being legalized about two years ago. Was it three years ago? Well, I wouldn't call it close. It was actually one of the more laughable legalization campaigns uh, where they rolled out. It was 2015. It's a local election year. So for starters, okay. you're already cutting your, your vote in, in half. Mm -hmm. You know, more people show up for a presidential year. Of course. And uh, they had the um, the comical uh, mascot, Budsy. That's right. Who had a weed nugget for a head. That's right. And would I travel around the state. Budsy. So uh, that did not go 
uh, as planned, but it did wake up the state legislature to make them pass legislation to get medical marijuana at least uh, rolling. Um, but it was, you know, it was just basically sidelined every step of the way. Well, what is the holdup when it comes to legalizing? I mean, don't they see the money that's being made? I, I, and again, you know, there was just a study that came out when it comes to marijuana. I don't want to be like, it's not a drug. It is a drug. It will mess you up. That's why people take it. That's why I like my little <laughs> weed vape, which I lost in Nashville. So if you see a weed vape on the ground in Nashville, that was probably it. one. Could you deliver it back to me, please? Because I desperately <laughs> wanted it. I almost cried when right. I lost it. I know. But um, you do have to be careful. I'm not saying like go out there and smoke these joints that have shatter in them that are rolled in keef. You will get stoned as hell. Yeah. Uh, if you wake up in the morning and you immediately start smoking weed, that's like waking up in the morning and taking a shot of Jack Daniels. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem. Um, but when it comes to the benefits of mass incarceration when it comes to the economic benefits and when it comes yeah. to down just to lifestyle benefits i think the legalization is a no-brainer no -brainer. so what the hell is going on in ohio why isn't this thing moving along faster it's mainly the um i would say it's the republican politicians in the state house mike dewine of course is over but why wouldn't they see the money Don't, aren't republicans supposed yeah. to see the money that's what i use that's what i was saying on the campaign trails republicans seem to hate money unless it's yours and they're taxing you for it because right. now mike dewine's trying to raise the gas tax in Ohio by 18 cents. Just legalize marijuana. Just legalize marijuana. You can pay for your roads. You can pay for your schools. I mean, it's... And a gas tax by 18 cents. That's a hell of a lot of money. It's a lot. And uh, I, I don't think the state legislature is going to give it to them. I think they brought it down to 10. The House brought it to 10, and then the Senate brought it to 6 cents. Wow. So... Um, but, you know, these are the things that happen. And again, it's like, well, yeah. then how is he going to be running? Uh, how is well, the Republican Party and the idea of fiscal responsibility, as we've seen ever since 2000, has been a complete and utter joke. Bill Clinton was the last president uh, to have a balanced, balanced budget. budget. And of course, the, you know, it was a uh, it was a Republican Congress, right. the, the House and the Senate. So they control the purse. So, so some, to some degree, the Republican Party does deserve credit for that but then that credit uh got spent yeah. when we went into iraq and right. afghanistan afghanistan more plausible more reasonable of a uh, situation iraq we're still paying uh, the consequences for that to this day how is the republican party here or how are people who vote for the republican party still believing this fiscal conservative lie did you see that obviously being more of a libertarian minded uh candidate talking about why is the government both parties are screwing you over right uh, what was your what was what was the reaction from the people when it comes to this idea that the Republican Party is still fiscally conservative? At least the Democrats are like, yeah, we're going to spend some cash. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing is Rich Cordray, the Democrat candidate, at least came out and said, uh, yeah, I want to pass a bond issue so we can fix all the roads and bridges. And then Mike DeWine was like, see, he's going to raise your taxes. And then Mike DeWine gets in and he immediately raises taxes. a gas tax. And by I mean the way, we again, take a drink. We're in Cleveland and we were driving in. The bridges need to be fixed. Oh, yeah. It's I bad. was horrified. Right. Um, Travis Morningstar isn't mic'd up, but he can attest to going over the bridges here. The, the amount of rust that is on the bridge that you were looking at when you know you're on a mirror version of that bridge. I'm like, this thing is going to go down any second. Any like second. Minneapolis, like what happened in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. This thing can go down any second. That is so much more important than <laughs> oh, whatever. Then, then so that is making sure the bridges don't collapse is issue number one. Right. It's yeah. bigger than the environment in many ways because it's like you can't go save the environment when your when your car is in a with, ditch is in a ditch is in the river with in you river. inside of said car and your family <laughs> is dead. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's honestly that's what Mike Dewine said. I mean, in his pitch was like, "Look, we have to do this, or people are going to die. They're going to die." And and you don't have a good infrastructure economy if you don't take care of these things of people getting from point A to point B. Um, but look, uh, again, I went to all these Tea Party groups. You know, as the Libertarian candidate, I was like, "I will talk about fiscal uh, responsibility. I will right. talk about the opioid crisis. Those are I I would say two of the biggest things I talked about." Yeah. But Ben, you want to know what I got asked about when I was at those Tea Party meetings? I do. Uh, the wall immigrants it was insane then 2018 was just the most bizarre midterm it was actually the worst midterm election for a third political party since 1982 reason being after 1980 people were either firmly with reagan or firmly against him right and that's what we have in our first post-trump midterm election was right. people were either really for trump or they're really against him right and no one's going to vote for a, a little uh rapscallion filmmaker libertarian guy no right. matter how much sense we make or a reform party candidate who who talks about saving the l train you know right, right. um people are scared I understand, and, and, and sometimes it is it is on stuff that does not matter in Ohio. Uh, people ask me about the immigration wall, the, and uh, and and the um what was the the caravan? I just did and I this. just looked at these people like ah I I can build a wall on Lake Erie. I'll make it a fun bouncy wall. I'll make Canada pay for it. What do you want? What but we do are you nowhere want? near the southern border. Uh, honestly, I have been saying this for a very long time. I want a wall on the northern border. I'm very sick of these Canadians coming and taking all of our comedian jobs. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to immigration, I was just on Fox News last week talking to some jag off the amount of distraction that our immigration conversation is yeah when it comes to the wall it is the single dumbest political conversation the fact that it has been propped up to a significant issue the wall right it is it, the reason that donald trump mentions the wall in the first place was that his handlers roger stone who you personally know i want to talk about that in a second roger stone manafort uh, r.i.p basically <laughs> basically um they were like how are we going to get this dumpy dumb shit to talk about a complex issue like immigration and they're like tell him to build a wall and that was all that they had to do. Build the wall. It's three words mm -hmm. to cover maybe the most complex issue facing our nation is being covered in three in, is being covered in a bumper sticker. Build that wall. Build that wall. Build right. the wall. Build that wall. It is ridiculous to me how uh that has become our immigration conversation. Yeah. And the fact that these Tea Party people, these supposedly independent thinking people, right. of course. Everyone who thinks they're independent thinking and then they look around and they're around a bunch of people who think the same way that they do <laughs> should probably realize maybe they're not. Right. Um, and I'm not even being like, oh, Ben, you hang out with people who maybe agree with you. Actually, a lot of people don't agree with me, yeah. uh, specifically Cumboy, uh, who wore the hat that said Cumboy on it. We We're definitely <laughs> did not agree with each other on, on that uh, fashion decision. Right. But the whole immigration debate is such an unbelievable distraction and it is so sad to see what previously i think even if they were more conservative or republican at least they were rational you look at like tucker carlson for example on fox news he is going down he's just there i'm not sure where they feed it and vice versa i don't know if it's the people feeding them or they're feeding the people i it's really hard to tell right. um where who is creating the narrative and who is picking up on what people are throwing down right 
But it is so sad to see our immigration conversation be about this stupid frickin' wall. And of course, the government was shut down for the longest shutdown in American history. Right. Over $5 billion, which I know it's a lot of money, but it's actually not when it's a $19 trillion economy. Right. So it is the biggest issue politically facing our country is actually the least important issue right. facing our country. Absolutely. It's a complete distraction. And and that's what blows my mind is people we are thousands of miles away from the southern border Where here are in the Ohio. People, no one is coming there's to no freaking Cincinnati and Cleveland. Taking the jobs. Yeah, there's there automation. Be, it's robots. Robots are, are taking, taking your the jobs. jobs. Yes, absolutely. And and you know there could be a kid dying from opioids across the street and these people would have no idea. They're like, "Oh, an immigrant. That must be an immigrant who's was, killing that kid." He's like, "No, he He's visibly addicted to oxycontin. Yeah, it was given to him by a doctor. By a doctor, who's <laughs> not also the doctor's not an immigrant either. Well, that's what drives me absolutely nuts. You know, I was yeah. talking. I did before I knew what a total and utter piece of shit Gavin McInnes is. Uh, I did his radio show, right? And I did his, and then went out for a drink with him afterwards. And of course, Gavin. And he's Mc, Canadian. He's which Canadian. Blows my mind. And the entire time yeah. we're on his show, he's like, immigration. This country is not a nation of immigrants. He's talking about how this country is never. <laughs> he's it's a, an it's immigrant. A and I'm just screaming. I'm like, you are Canadian. Again, build that wall on the northern, northern border. border. Get rid of all. Get rid of these Canadians coming down here and destroying our freaking country. Yeah. That's what's happening. And I'm only being half facetious. Yeah. <laughs> build the wall on the northern border, as far as I'm concerned. But it, and of course, Gavin McInnes, for anyone being like, it's the Proud Boys are just a male boy club. Like, no, ma'am. From, from, uh, from uh, the, what, what, the Al Bundy show. Oh, right, yes. What's that called? Um, I don't remember. You don't remember the name of this show? I remember Married with Children. Married with Children, yes. Oh, that's okay. the show I'm talking about. Oh, great. Um, the Al Bundy show, as yeah. I called it. <laughs> of course. Um, it's snowing again, by the way, in it's, Cleveland. And that's the 9% of the lake effect. Yep, there it is. Really exciting. I'm so happy that the guy, Cra- Crapper Joe, was able to inform me all about the- Crapper Joe. Now, I stayed with- Interesting weather. Anyway, just, just to close this out. Yes. With Gavin McInnes. So it's a nation. He's like, it's not a nation of immigrants. I'm like, you're Canadian. You're an immigrant. Please get the hell out of here um, because you're a horrible person. But he does go through anyone who's just like, oh, the Proud Boys are just a fun no-ma'am group like for married with children. <laughs> he broke down- Gavin did the racial uh, intelligence chart with me. Oh, no. In his, and, of course, he does say the N-word like a lot in private conversation. Not on but the not, radio? Uh, he might say it on the radio as well. He is very transparent in the fact that he's a total fucking piece of shit. Right. Um, but he does believe Asians are the smartest, whites are the middle, blacks are the dumbest, and then Hispanics are in there somewhere. I have no idea. And I was like, dude... First of all, you're, you're wrong. And second of all, you are so much worse than people even think you are. And when it comes to... Um, them being the megaphone voice that a lot of these people are listening to mm-hmm. that's where the problems are all starting right because if your messenger is a total freaking moron and also wants to be your leader woof and you allow that to happen look out now build the wall is officially the biggest political issue yeah in this country and if i may because you mentioned roger and here we are in cleveland which by the way take a drink Take a drink, especially if you're driving. Not if you're driving. Come um, on. And uh, this is where it all happened. The RNC. I was actually staying with my buddy, Crappy Joe. And uh, the RNC was here in t- 2016. And that was when I, I got the insight. I remember Roger explained it to me. That with Donald Trump, when they picked that issue, they 
specifically picked illegal immigration because illegal immigration is technically a crime. Right. And you can harp on that, but they didn't want to go for any of the evangelical stuff. You know, they didn't want to go after gay marriage. They didn't want to go after abortion. They tried to avoid those things. Obviously, when they came up to Donald Trump, he'd have to say, you know, I stand this way. Or, and that's, or that of course, way. why they got Pence to even out the ticket. They even out the ticket. Yes. Absolutely. But um, that was a very specific strategic. The, the one thing that they could still scare people with without having... Well, you know, turning other people away. I remember Peter Thiel spoke here at the Q mm-hmm. at the RNC convention the night that uh, Trump was anointed. So, um, when it comes to Roger Stone, how what do you what's his life? Because you actually you know him personally. Um, he endorsed me for governor of Ohio. He endo- which is last, what, a, what a great time to get endorsed I'm by Roger say, Stone. <laughs> could is, you? Maybe you should have asked him to publicly denounce you, and you could have gotten two percent. <laughs> But anyway, that's I do like what an endorsement, Travis, right. the man who is currently under federal indictment. I'm but, just excited; it might be one of his last political endorsements. Yeah, it was he, the last, the last political. Like, just a whoa, fun little tidbit. Wow, have the how the mighty have uh, ascended. Sure, you yes, know, from yeah, yeah. from getting Reagan in office all the way to Travis Irvine. Hello, eighty thousand votes. I did get eighty thousand votes. Honestly, that's great. That's nothing. To, that's nothing to laugh at. Those votes really mean something. Um, but it comes to when it comes to Roger Stone, yeah, what's going on with his life right now? What's he looking at? I mean, he must be. When I watched the FBI go in, raid his house, get his ass out of there, um, looking like El Chapo. Whenever you get raided, it's never at at like noon. Yeah, it's always like when can we get him the most tired? Six <laughs> yeah. a.m. is perfect time. Ninety percent chance, ninety nine percent chance you're sleeping. Even if you partied that night, yeah, you know you're still like two a.m. You come at me at two a.m. I'm feisty. I'm ready to go. <laughs> FBI. Six a.m. I am. I am if, finally sleeping for two hours. If the FBI raided your house wearing cowboy hats, you would not go. I silently. would knock every single one of them out. <laughs> I don't even understand. I don't. I would rather wear a crappy Joe hat because <laughs> okay. I crap. Right. Um, anyway, so Stone getting getting busted, federal indictment, looking at significant, significant time. Where do you think his head is at right now? Have you had a chance to communicate with him at all? No, he's not allowed to communicate. He's uh, he's gagged, I believe, by court order. So um, look, like everyone else, I woke up that day and saw the news. I also woke up to like 18 texts. People being like, your boy got got. Your boy got got. And um, it was just very surreal until I saw him come out of that courtroom about noon or one after. Doing the Richard Nixon thing. he did the Nixon thing. I was like, oh, he's loving this. He is loving He was on top of every newspaper for that whole weekend. And I guarantee. So you think that he he loves it despite the fact he may go away for the rest of his life. Unless he gets a pardon from his buddy. Which you got to think. He was on the news that night. He did Chris Chris Cuomo show. He did uh, Tucker Carlson's show. He did everything. He did everything. He was on Instagram. And he put was, a death threat out towards the judge. But, probably not a smart idea. Okay, but. well that yeah, um, that and you know that uh, that stuff is questionable. Um, <laughs> if I was still on Rogers, you know, social media team, I'd be like, hey, can we, let's not do that. Don't one. do the don't no, do don't that do the one. target next to the judge that is uh, officiating yeah. your case. But he is, you know, that's Roger. He's a provocateur, and I think yes, I think a he's loving the media attention. B uh, there is a very strong possibility of him getting a pardon um okay but now he can only get a pardon from donald trump 
for the federal crimes. Yeah. It is very possible. The if, Southern if District of New York. If he gets charged with more stuff, right? If he gets charged with from the Southern District of New York. Or who, Florida. Who, who, or Florida. Yeah. Then Donald Trump doesn't have the pardon power. And that's of which course, I think is a really important thing for people to remember, even when it comes to Manafort. That's what like, happened, yeah. Exactly what happened. He got sentenced to four more years in New York. Exactly. And that's it. So he will be definitely at least going to prison for four years. Yes. Um, with Roger's case, again, you know, the, the seven charges against Roger, five of them were accounts of lying to Congress. Right. Um, which those, of course, can be debated in Do the court of law. Do you think that Roger Stone has the ability to tell the truth? <laughs> I, I'm, I mean that seriously. Right. Does he have the ability to not lie? Because you create your own reality. We all create our own reality. Sure. Does he think, and when I say does he have the ability to tell the truth, does he think that he's lying? Like, does he think that he lied to Congress? That is a great. I don't think he. I don't think he thinks that he lied to Congress. But I he think, did lie to Congress. Um, according to the records, yes, he did because his testimony after that was when they charged it was after they got his testimony, right? And then they took all his texts and emails and phone calls and and laid it all out. But here's the thing that I found that I thought was unusual about the the Stone charges is again. Uh, nothing was Russian collusion. The the right, closest thing that they're getting to here, right, as we inch closer to the Mueller Ugh, investigation. I'm so sick of the Mueller any report day now. Oh, it's gonna any day now. It's gonna drop like a, a Jordan Peele movie. It's it gonna is be going so I know, fun. I, I hate the conversation around it, but yes, continue. You know, it, I think the piece of that they're going to try to get Roger on on in terms of collusion was this idea that Roger was talking to Julian Assange, which right. as we know from watching the Get Me Roger Stone documentary, uh, he wasn't. Julian Assange says, no, that's what Roger does. He's a provocateur. He just says these things. We had no contact with him. But now, but what about that? There were some DMs from uh, uh, Guccifer 2.0, which Roger had released publicly already. And and that's the thing. But is wasn't that, that that was Assange? Uh, no, that's that's we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know anything. But that yet. was WikiLeaks. Uh, no, that's uh, what Roger had said publicly was that I am in touch with Julian Assange. And yes. then we find out that that, in fact, is it's a lie. Um, no. So Roger Stone saying that he is in touch with Julian right. Assange. We're not. So, so this is what's so tricky about it. And it's very so tricky. We're not supposed to believe that he is in touch with with Julian Assange, even though he, even said though it. he has said it. Yeah. Publicly. And now we're supposed to believe that he just said that to be a provocateur, to, to be a provocateur. Right. And to scare uh, Hillary Clinton's people and everything. And that's what Sam Nunberg, Sam Nunberg. Oh, my God. Nunberg. Well, the greatest the greatest day in television news history. Yeah. I wish you could all go back. I just I would almost <laughs> relive that day like Groundhog's Day. Right. Sam Numberg's mental breakdown on television news starting at 9 a.m. all the way until 8 p.m. when Brooke Baldwin on uh, on uh, Comedy Central is about to call it uh, same, CNN. Same, same thing. Honestly, yeah. it's all a bunch of crap. But um, as soon as he was called out for being drunk on CNN, right. it was 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And he definitely was slamming whiskeys in the back of that freaking Uber that he was taking <laughs> from show to show. Yeah. That was one of the greatest television meltdowns Ever. Right. Well, and he was uh, he was doing appearances um, with some other uh, Stone associates. I mean, Jerome Corsi was there. Some, uh, yeah. Sam Nunberg, a um, um, couple of other guys there on MSNBC. It was a great but panel. But Corsi's another guy that said that he met with or spoke with Julian Assange. Julian Assange, yeah, exactly. But all these dumpy assholes are just lying? They're just lying what, to make themselves what? sound more credible, which makes them sound less credible. <sighs> this is the thing. And all of this is going to get back to what uh, Mueller's point and what you know, 17 intelligence agencies have said from our government, and that is WikiLeaks got the 
those DNC emails from Russia or from a Russian agent. And that's where that's where it's all going. So if the Trump campaign through Stone or Donald Jr. was in touch with WikiLeaks and they knew at that time that WikiLeaks had gotten those emails debatably from the Russians, from the Russians, according to 17 intelligence agencies, that is your collusion case. Okay, well, it's the biggest collusion that no one talks about is with the NRA funneling money from the Russians to the Republican Party. If you want to talk about Russian collusion, not to totally jump over uh, what we just discussed there with Roger Stone, um, so but you just, just let's let's put a button on the Stone conversation. What do you think? Uh, how much time do you think he's going to get? Do you still think he's loving it? And is this is he done now? Career-wise, politically, professionally, officially, I, I don't see why he would work on any other campaigns. Right. I think he's going to get a pardon if he's charged with anything. Right. Um, he will not turn well, on the president. Well, he is charged if he's, if he's found guilty. If he's found guilty, right. Yeah. Um, he will not turn on the president. He has said that. So he's not looking for a plea deal. Um, so I think this goes to uh, I think this goes to either guilty or not guilty. If he's guilty, he gets a pardon. And after that, I don't see why we would hear from him in a political sense. But my God, he will keep pumping out the books. He will keep he will. popping up Infowars shows. He will continue to be a provocateur in Roger Stone. That's just what the guy does. Yeah, I know. He he has the, he has the bug. Uh, and he's got that Nixon tattoo, which of course for him means when you get knocked down, you get back up again. Yeah, of course. When it comes to the Russian collusion conversation, I do think that we should talk about the 19, I believe it was $19 million total given to the NRA by the Ruskies, by the Russians. And then inevitably the NRA has been able to use that money to give to Republican candidates, right. mostly Republican candidates. Right. Um, that to me is Russian collusion. That yep. to me is a Russian influence far more than than Roger Stone talking uh, to Julian Assange and maybe, maybe. getting some freaking emails. I don't know. Right. But that to me, I think, is almost a bigger story that I haven't really heard talked about at all. And that's the thing. There are so many legitimate ways. I mean, they just found out Jeb Bush's pack got in big trouble because they took a bunch of Chinese money from mm. a, a Chinese company. I mean, and, and of course, the Saudis, are oh. they have money all over town, D.C. Uh, Israel has so much money all over town in, in D.C. So it's like there are so many other ways that foreign entities people corporations governments everything influence our elections yeah and and yeah we are literally talking about a a twitter conversation between uh one guy who lies all the time and uh another guy who lies lies all the time time. yeah so although wikileaks does have 100 percent accuracy still on everything they've released wikileaks well first of all when wikileaks first came out during the iraq war i thought that they were extremely important of course, yeah. They were great at exposing a lot of the atrocities that were that were occurring in that war. I don't think we have the Abu Ghraib scandal without WikiLeaks. Right. They were huge in uh, disseminating information that we were not being told. But now WikiLeaks is beholden to foreign powers because Julian Assange is screwed. And he right. knows if he turns on the Russians... He's done. He's done. That's the last guy. That's the last guy. Uh, Ecuador, of course. E- of course, Ecuador. Keeping him in the broom closet there for. Yes. Yeah. The, he's imprisoned, basically, basically. already. Yeah. Um, slightly better. He still gets to have sex, I think, with, with Pamela Anderson or something like that. Oh, that's right. That's fun. Once a year. Yeah. Once a year or something like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what. Uh, gets to have a 13 year old's fantasy there. But he no longer. WikiLeaks, to me, is no longer the most credible source because they are beholden to foreign entities. And they are now being used by people like Alex Jones as, you know, right. as, as 
tools. Basically, they're just another tool to make everything seem like Donald Trump is uh, totally normal, totally reasonable, <laughs> totally rational, and this country is uh, headed in the right direction. Right. Well, and I remember 2016, the big deal about them releasing those DNC emails was uh, the fact that, you know, up until that point, we thought that you know Hillary's campaign kept saying oh there's there's no we're not you know arranging anything with the DNC there's no favorability right between right. Sanders and Hillary and the DNC we're completely neutral and then when they released those emails they found out oh that is not true right, and then right. of course Donna Brazil uh, released her findings later on too and Donna Brazil you can watch her on Fox News because they just hired her that's right is uh, that is who you're bad. taking on next week Donna Brazil? Yeah. No, she probably she took my jab. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I, I, don't, I do not want. I do not want that. Absolutely. Do you think Alex Jones is dead? Do you think he's gone? I mean, not yeah, physically. Uh, he was on that Joe Rogan show for four and a half hours, Ugh, and that's disgusting. Put him back on there. But yeah, you know what's funny? I have not since 2016. I don't see any of that Infowars stuff in my Twitter and my Facebooks. Right. And so I just don't know if they exist, but I think they do somewhere. Well, I hope that I don't. I hope that he has been defanged and depowered, and I think that he has. With the Sandy Hook and uh, he seemed to really be um, remorseful on the Joe Rogan show for all the things he did wrong. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. He's either. remorseful that he got, I got off like of YouTube. Twenty minutes into it, and then I turned it. It's off. actually an insufferable, insufferable. Uh, it's four and, and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's useless. He's a total moron. Um, thank you so much for being here, buddy. Thank you. Welcome uh, to. Cleveland, drink again, drink, especially if you're not driving. Not if you're driving. Especially if you're driving. Um, thank you so much, my man. I love you. And uh, do you want to plug anything? You know, we got the documentary that we're going to be making coming out at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. If you guys want to crowdsource um, the title for Ben's documentary about his campaign, I'm all for it. We want to beast it out. Gonna, it's going to be mean speed. They're going to be like, it's Sasquatch takes a uh, run for office. That's it. I love it. It's the title <laughs> of the documentary. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Travis Irvine, love you, my friend. We shall talk to you very soon. Hail yourselves. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.